what up what up what up what up what up folks what's going on welcome to episode number 41 of the smell today podcast i'm your host tony ortiz and thank you very much for joining me today this episode i am recording a bit in advance of how i normally do it so some stuff might seem outdated some stuff might seem super outdated because of the fact that I have in, in the last episode, I devoted it just to the How Elections Work episode, episode number 40, where I broke down, um, at least from my understanding of it, the election process here in the United States when voting for uh, president. And I'm not going to bore you guys with those details now. In case you're not into that shit, go check that episode out. It goes into what uh, delegates are versus superdelegates and the electoral college and shit like that. So... If you like that kind of stuff, go check it out. It's episode number 40 of the Spun Today podcast. And on this episode, I am recording it, what's today? Uh, day before Valentine's, February 13th, and it's coming out on February 25th. So I'm going to cover uh, a few things and uh, whatever. Hope you guys enjoy it. I saw a couple movies lately. Um, I... Uh, forgot to speak or not forgot but haven't spoken about the last ufc that i saw which was beta versus johnson a couple things about politics uh, specifically the uh what's it called Uh, citizens united supreme court decision and uh just generally getting money out of politics which is one of my personal main concerns uh this election cycle i'll get into that a little bit later uh something interesting about the serial podcast uh, the first season the adnan uh, syed case and yeah you, know, you know how they're uh, revisiting it now because he is doing his final hearings to see if they are going to reopen up his trial or not and uh that's pretty much it uh, a couple comedy specials and what else am i gonna go over this episode super bowl let's start there super bowl the broncos won they were huge underdogs. I was rooting for them to win. And they were just underdogs because of the fact that Carolina was on a tear all season. Uh, they lost once, if I'm not mistaken, to the Falcons. And they had one of those uh, just momentum-filled seasons this year. And whereas the Broncos had a very good season, obviously they made it to the Super Bowl. But Peyton Manning is old. Uh, he's known for shitting the bed in the playoffs, and that's pretty much his MO, so uh, they were pretty much counted out before it even started, and the the game was entertaining. I found it entertaining. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, it reminded me of a Mayweather fight. <clears throat> I think specifically the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, where he it was so widely criticized as being such like a boring fucked up fight um and there uh some people like completely loved it and that was because it was a show of uh just excellent defense which was the case i think here in the in the super bowl this year like it wasn't like a huge offensive you know uh, great b- running back breakaways and hail marys and like awesome offensive plays, but it, the defense just kept stifling each other's offense like throughout the throughout the game. Um, and uh, Denver was able to capitalize on that, obviously, and they won the Super Bowl. And hopefully now Payton retires and he doesn't like uh, Bill Burr was speaking about this recently. He, hopefully he doesn't go to you know, finish off his career, like, one season with some other random team or something, like, the fucking, you know, the LA Rams or, or whatever, you know, um, you kind of want to see him end it now, you know, end on top, and it'll be, you know, left behind the dope legacy as is, like, don't tarnish that, um, for whatever, like, I don't imagine you need money or anything like that, and I know it's tough for, must be tough for athletes, in their, you know, to walk away from it all. It's something that they devoted their entire lives to. And um, they always feel internally, I would imagine, that they're, they'd always be capable of greatness and 
and stuff like that. But the reality is that, you know, your body gives out on you over time. So hats off to Peyton and the Broncos. Congrats to them. Another congrats to Anthony Rumble Johnson, who just fucking pummeled Bader, man. Uh, Bader had was a little too aggressive. He got knocked out within the first, what, like 30 seconds or first minute or something uh, of the fight. And his game plan just backfired a little bit. I think he, like, he dove in to try and take i would imagine what was to try to uh take anthony johnson down you know bader's a a very good wrestler has a wrestling background and maybe his approach was similar to daniel cormier's in that uh, you know like to just stifle him press him up against the the cage out wrestle him and just like pound them ground and pound and like shit like that but um rumble johnson was able to stuff the takedown beautifully and just caught him started you know he likes whatever that move is called where you stuff the takedown you're both like head to head but both laid out flat kind of and robo johnson was able to like it's like some sort of wrestling move i don't know what it's called but he was able to like spin around them and get like onto his back and just started like rocking him with those bombs that he fucking throws and just knocked them out right there on the ground so hats off to robo johnson sucks for baderman he was he was early on in his career he was one of the fighters that i love watching um he pretty much was like one of the best pretty much he was undefeated until i remember the fight where he fought uh john bones jones if i'm not mistaken and and they were both undefeated and they're both coming up um pretty much at the same time both had similar undefeated records so it was a dope fight just because of that somebody was gonna get their first loss and obviously that was bader and since then his i don't know he just never was the same since then um he lost a a handful of fights and he won a handful then he lost a handful again and i don't know uh now it's i don't know it's like sad to see him lose it's like bitter sweet kind of because i I like uh, rumble johnson but um uh sucks for him though i think everybody still wants to see anthony johnson versus john jones uh, which would be, which is still an interesting matchup. They're both still in their primes. Um, I'm assuming John Jones is still in his prime. He hasn't fought in a while because of the whole, you know, coke thing and you know, fucking hitting somebody with his car, suspension and all that shit. But he's due to come back very soon. He's been posting on Instagram a lot of his workouts and shit like that. He looks like a beast. He's bulking up. Um, some say he's going to go to heavyweight. And... Either way, it's going to be exciting to see him see him back in the swing of things. And a fight with Rumble Johnson would be dope to see. They should do... You know what they should do? They should do them. Let DC hold on to the bell a little bit more. Because I don't think that he's going <laughs> to he's gonna have it after he faces uh, John Jones. No offense to him, but I don't know. I just don't see him holding on to it. And I, honestly, I don't see him holding on to it even if he fights Rumble again. I think Rumble wouldn't approach the fight the same way. And he would be as ready for him as he was for for Bader this time around, but um, we'll see. Uh, but it would be dope to see a John Jones versus Anthony Johnson, and then the winner of that gets a title shot. Would be interesting. I wonder if they've announced any of those fights yet. Not sure. Maybe they have. I'm just out of the loop. So okay, let's see. What else? I saw, went with my fiance yesterday, pretty much had our, like, Valentine's thing um, yesterday. We went to Caroline's Comedy Club here in New York City, and I hadn't been there. Uh, This was uh, both of our first time there, and it's a dope club. I liked it. I uh, enjoyed the setup. You know, it's like an iconic uh, New York comedy club um, where, quote-unquote, big acts go, you know, that you know it's not like a 
like a workout club like the comedy cellar or the comedy underground or anything like that but uh it's a dope venue nonetheless and uh we saw marlon wayans which was uh, i was curious to go see him because um you know he's a wayans brother i i like their movies and and uh, for example i saw marlon on uh, the breakfast club recently seems always seemed like a cool dude like in his interviews and stuff like that funny guy and his older brother damon is obviously like an iconic comic um but he uh but marlon specifically hadn't done uh stand-up comedy really he's a like a comedy actor which is a big difference um but he's always like really funny and hilarious in interviews and stuff like that and it's all his weird jim carrey like uh mannerisms and shit and I was curious to see how he was going to do because I was interested in the story of how he started on this um, uh, comedy path, I guess, a uh, stand-up comedy path. And it's pretty much he was auditioning or he auditioned for a role. He was up for a role to play uh, Richard Pryor in a movie that's going to be done of Richard Pryor's life. He did not get the role and um, Mike Epps got the role, actually. But in working out, I guess, for the road, he he wanted to, like, embody that character, which is admirable for an actor to do. And he started doing stand-up uh, just to feel, like, what it's like or whatever. And supposedly he fell in love with it. And since then, he's been actually uh, dedicating, his, uh, dedicating time to stand-up. And he's been touring the country and stuff like that, um, which is a pretty, pretty dope background story. I like that. Obviously, it also plays in uh, to his benefit in promoting uh, his movies, and because his movies are low budget. For example, now he has the uh, what is it, Fifty Shades of Black movie, which uh, looks kind of funny. It's getting horrible reviews. It looks kind of funny. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't really want to see it. Uh, at least not in theaters. Um, but it's getting really bad reviews, which sucks. Um, yeah, the whole uh, stand-up comedy thing is a good way for him to, to promote, um, you know, projects like that. Uh, I think the whole movie has, like, a $5 million budget. So it's not, like, super wide, like, distribution or anything. Um, for example, like, the theater that I love going to. Uh, uh, my favorite theater, shout-out to AMC and Fresh Meadows, is only has it showing one time a day at 10 o'clock in the morning which sucks so a movie that's not gonna have that much push behind it and it's not in like every theater either like there's uh, other theaters around i checked um a few of them have it but yeah like i said i don't want to see never didn't really want to see the movie in the first place and the fact that it's like just so like out like you have to go out of your way to to kind of see it sucks, but like I said, it's a good being that it's not gonna have that you know big movie push behind it. Um, it works out, I would imagine, in his benefit to you know also double up the the whole uh, comedy touring thing with promoting of his movie, which is how I even in the first place found out that he was doing stand up and. Um, and going to be at Caroline's when I saw him on The Breakfast Club, which he was at promoting both the movie and his stand-up dates and shit like that. So they're smart dudes, obviously, the weigh-ins, and um, know how to market their shit. So that's what's up. More proud to them. And his stand-up was good. It was funny. Uh, me and my girl both had a, a really good time. And uh, he was more... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like Jim Carrey, Carrey-ish in terms of his like you know mannerisms and and his style of his style of comedy, and incorporating a lot of his uh, you know like facial expressions that that he's famous for and stuff like that. He paid like an homage to certain characters that he's played in the past, like from White Chicks and and um, uh, the dude he played, the like super thugged out dude that he played in in. Uh, don't be a menace in South Central while drinking a juice in the hood. I forget the name of that character, but that had like the crazy braids 
and uh, um, pacifiers like in, in his hair and shit. Uh, but it was dope, you know, very high energy, very, very entertaining. We definitely had a good time, and I recommend you guys check him out if you have the opportunity to do so. All right, so I saw a couple movies, and uh, recently, uh, one uh, this past Thursday, and the other one, like, a couple weeks ago. And the first one is Spotlight, which I hadn't seen. Um, it is one of those movies that's uh, it's probably going to, I believe, is dominated for like movie of the year um in the oscars which i'm actually looking forward to seeing for the first time ever i don't know why it's uh, february 28th this year in 2016 um and i guess it's because of the i guess the caliber of movies that i've actually been watching a lot more movies lately so i know like what the movies actually are and the whole hype behind that the leonardo dicaprio getting his first oscar which I thought was a Golden Globe a few weeks ago. I stand corrected, it's not. And uh, the actual Oscars are going to be this February 28th, 2016. So the movie is Spotlight. It's the movie of pretty much how, uh, based on true events, how the uh, pedophile priests within the uh, Catholic religion uh, were discovered and how it, uh, turned out to be this huge systemic problem with with hundreds of priests, uh, if not well, eventually thousands of priests across the globe within the religion, but hundreds of, of priests just like in a in one town in uh, Boston, in Massachusetts. Like it started out with like a, a few dozen, then they realized it was much more than that, and it wound up being like a hundred and forty something. Uh, if my numbers are correct, priests just in Boston alone, and then eventually that were actually discovered, uh, thousands, like I said, across the globe, and the bigger, deeper issue is that, you know, it's priests, it's religion, people, you know, turn the other cheek, pardon the pun, and uh, uh, look the other way and, and, and let sh- disgusting shit like that happen, just so fucking sad and and fucking crazy to think that a problem could get so exacerbated and it was a systemic issue in that priests that were caught or that rumored to to you know be molesting children and had complaints filed against them the church had agreements with certain lawyers and law firms and pretty much the court system uh, to, uh, what's that shit called? Um, like they do in the NFL, fucking like police their own and regulate their own shit. Um, and the way they did that was to take that priest and take him out of that specific church and move him to a different, a different parish or whatever, where he pretty much ultimately continued doing the same shit over and over and over again. And, they found out this fucking game of just shuffling pedophile priests around just obviously didn't fix the issue. It just exacerbated it and made that happen in, you know, all different types of places. People were moved from like Boston to South America to different countries and people that spoke out were moved um, as punishment, like other priests that that spoke out uh, against stuff like this and, it it's crazy like you i remember hearing about like the whole pedophile priest thing like a few years ago and but i didn't know it was anything like that i thought it was like you know oh they found another one they found another one i thought it was like 10 or something you know and like one weird area of the fucking world i don't know it was like that you know like thousands across the entire globe all throughout the catholic fucking religions fucking disgusting man fucking sick and sad like so sad that like people had to go through that type of stuff and the movie did a really good job of showing like different individual situations of of people that went through it that came back and spoke out to to spotlight which it's called spotlight because the team on the uh boston boston globe i believe or, or the boston gazette some newspaper in boston um that did investigative this type of investigative journalism was called spotlight 
and that's uh hence the name of the movie so certain people that came out to speak to the members of spot of the spotlight team the four members um shout out to michael keen by the way did a fucking awesome job and uh mark ruffalo who's who's like one of my favorite actors uh especially after after this role really enjoyed um uh him in this movie but they did an excellent job of showing how this super traumatizing situation that happened to this individual as a child played out like throughout the person's life and how they what they wound up turning into in the future like as adults um and it's sad man it's crazy impactful just like on a one person level and imagine systemically you know through like thousands of occurrences and like that ripple effect that that has on those people's children who probably uh, you know people that get molested wind up molesting uh in large part and so on and so forth and it's it's crazy crazy very good movie though i definitely definitely recommend you guys checking it out the next movie a little bit on uh on a lighter note is called the cobbler it was an indie movie in 2014 uh released and starred uh adam sandler and it actually was a really good movie i really liked it my girl did too um and the concept of it was so cool like i it's like one of those concepts that i was like damn i wish i would have thought of that to like write a short story on or, or something like that or 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 you know novel or whatever and the concept of it and spoiler alert i'm gonna try not to spoil it but in case i do um and it came out in 2014 so if you, you haven't seen it and you probably weren't gonna see it anyway um but it's on netflix if you do want to see it it's called the cobbler um adam sandler is the son of a cobbler which is a shoe repair dude um which i didn't know before but his father uh he's jewish his father uh was a cobbler his father before him was a cobbler his father before him so they lived in new york and they had a little a little shop which he passed down generation to generation adam sandler always wanted to i don't know like be other things but he was a, a responsible guy he you know stayed home living with his mother after his father left them and uh, he pretty much disappeared off the face of the planet or so he thought and he stayed home with his sick like schizophrenic mom and taking care of her and just you know running the family business which was uh that cobbler small cobbler shop and he always wanted to like i said do other things he didn't know what he wanted he was pretty much just going through the motions of his life and doing those things because he felt that's what he should be doing then he found uh his cobbler uh, soul changing machine broke so he went into the basement and going through all of his old father stuff and found a very old school sewing machine looking thing and finished repairing the pair of shoes that he was working on with that machine and then eventually he wound up putting on that pair of shoes and he turned into like literally physically turned into the person whose shoes it was which was actually method man's who who acted pretty well in this movie and uh, it was interesting to to see to see him in, in another movie um it was pretty dope too and met the man was like a like a hustler drug dealer dude and he dropped off his gators and um uh, to get the the souls changed and um adam sandler put on the shoes and he turned into method man and then he realized that it was like some power in that machine that his father had stashed in the basement that whenever he changed soles of shoes with that machine and if he put on those shoes he could turn into a, that particular person and quote-unquote walk a mile in their shoes or whatever you know like you don't know what another person is going through until you walk in their shoes this kind of like personified that this this movie 
and it was pretty cool to see like what he did with that you know that he started changing soles and shoes on a whole bunch of other shoes of people that never uh, went back to like get their shoes and um you know he would put it on and the story then just shows him you know actually seeing what it's like to walk in another person's shoes and and stuff like that which is a very interesting concept that i liked but that's all i'm gonna say i'm not gonna spoil it for you guys feel free to check it out on netflix the cobbler movie and it's from an indie movie from 2014 now what else um speaking of stand-up and netflix um i saw recently also sebastian maniscalco's 2011 special which is on netflix which is called what's wrong with you people and i've seen clips of sebastian before because i saw him on or i listened to him on rogan's podcast before and uh he was recently in comedians and cars also and i've seen clips on youtube of his comedy and i i didn't really take to it um honestly i thought like his voice inflection and like the way he speaks is like annoying um and i i don't know after watching comedians and cars my girl wanted to watch it actually watch his like full special i was like i don't think it's like good but whatever let's watch it but that's why you definitely shouldn't judge a book by its cover or by you know little clips on youtube because we watched it and it was really funny and we both really enjoyed it and uh, you guys might also he has these bits about like everyday things that i really related to a lot um like he speaks about how i don't know when he went to like subway and the person in front of him is like oh how does this work you know what what do i have to do he's telling the tenant and like he's standing behind him and he's thinking he was like it says step one pick your bread on the fucking wall you know what i mean <laughs> like how do you how are you so absent-minded that you don't like notice that and whatever and then he's like so completely opposite to that that doesn't want to take time to like hold out to people behind him online which i'm like that too he's like uh yeah just give me that bread and yeah uh just put everything on it yeah, okay thanks bye you know like that which i really relate to i'm like that um which sucks sometimes but whatever the time i am and i really related to that and pretty much went through like that same scenario with other situations like going grocery shopping and how uh you get to the to how if he gets to the checkout line and the steak that he just picked up doesn't have the barcode on it and the cashier has to go get a different steak or get a price on it or something and it's gonna take too long he just says that he doesn't want the steak and just takes everything else and leaves <laughs> just not to waste the time and piss off the people behind him which i relate to as well and um i don't know i just thought i just thought it was funny uh certain things probably because i related to it so much um but he's a funny dude you guys check it out if you want to it's uh, sebastian maniscalco uh 2011 special on netflix and it's called what's wrong with you people and if you want to get a taste or an idea of what i meant uh um by like his voice is kind of like annoying or the way he speaks and i thought it was like forced because i heard but i heard three hours of it on rogan's podcast when he was on it and you know it's really how he fucking talks um but if you want the little taste of that check out him on comedians and cars getting coffee in this past season uh very recently he was on it like uh, an episode or two ago all right so i got a couple things left i'm gonna let's start with this one's gonna be a bit smaller to cover which is pretty much the status of the whole Adnan Syed case. And for those of you that don't know, um, it's from, like, if you if you don't know, then I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but listen to Serial Podcast Season 1. It's about a dude that's been in jail for, like, 20 years for allegedly murdering his high school girlfriend. And there's this whole uproar of how um, uh, he's not guilty. So he is having hearings now as we speak currently in 2016 and the judge has not given his ruling yet i believe the hearings are over and um serial as well as the undisclosed podcast has put out like three or four small episodes you know like 15 20 minute episodes um because they went to the actual hearings 
and they're reporting back to us the listening public of you know what they saw who got interviewed and like shit like that like for example the the alibi witness that was never in the original trial where Adnan Syed was uh, found guilty and uh, imprisoned for life which was a a girl that went to school with them which pretty much said oh i saw you at that same exact time that they said you murdered um the girl and you were in the library don't you remember i was with you and so my boyfriend and, and his other friend saw you too and um that girl never never um testified in the first trial and but she now did come forth and testified in the hearing so pretty much what happens is that the judge finished hearing sides for and against reopening this trial and his decision is pending to see if he's going to grant uh i don't say at a new trial or not so we're waiting on that and the decisions could take they said they said on um the undisclosed podcast and it's a group of uh, three attorneys that go like super deep into like the whole um you know like legal ass legal mumbo jumbo all the legal shit <laughs> that goes on um with the fine tooth comb and um and get into all that stuff said that a decision from the judge could take up to as much as like two months uh to come out which isn't long at all in this type of case but whatever it feels long to us so we're waiting on that and pretty much the defense is arguing that Adnan Syed should have a new case because his attorney at the time, which represented him, was unfit to represent him. She was she was uh, sick. She actually died. Um, she, uh, I believe it was from cancer, but she also had MS, and she like smoked and and uh, she was on like a lot of different medications and shit like that. And they want to point out, you know. That she didn't even look into this this witness, uh, potential witness to, to uh, alibi witness, to testify. So that just shows how out of it she was. Um, and being that he didn't have fit representation, they should reopen the case. And in doing so, then you know they can include all this other shit that she uh, initially initially left out from his first case. What I find super interesting from this. Uh, that I didn't, I guess I, I heard it in like serial, but uh, they brought like more light to it and went a little deeper into it with um, the Undisclosed podcast is that Gutierrez, which was uh, Anon's attorney, she, before she died, she was disbarred for having 36 client complaints of not fighting their case right, not fighting their case to the best of like her abilities. 36 complaints that led her to become disbarred aka she got kicked out from the fucking being an attorney like she couldn't practice law anymore because of this this bitch was like the bill cosby of fucking lawyers 36 clients complained like yo you didn't do what you were supposed to do and obviously it had some weight because she got disbarred that's fucking nuts to me that like that in, in and of itself is like yeah let's take a look at this other case again it has like so much uh attention and public outcry tied in with the fact that 36 motherfuckers got you disbarred pretty much uh yeah let's figure this shit out do over i don't know it just seems like common sense to me which we are just lacking as fucking people i think sometimes which leads me to my next and final thing that I want to cover this episode, which is the whole idea and push of getting money out of politics. It really is, if you break things down, the single most important issue that we're facing today. And definitely with this election, how um, I'll explain it a bit, how it ties into everything. And it really is the root of pretty much any 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 political issue that you're behind or not behind or against or whatever if you break it down there's money at the root of it so if you look at climate change for example you have how do you have 
motherfuckers saying that it literally does not exist and people saying that it's 100% going to kill the planet and politicians I'm saying and you have like people on both sides and at the root of it is the monetary influence of people on the right such as the Koch brothers who are have their fortune from fossil fuels investing in politicians of the right uh, Republicans and coincidentally quote unquote that is the party that's largely for the idea that climate change does not exist. So money's at the root of that, clearly at the root of that contention. You can take an issue like abortion. If you're pro-life, um, aka women can't choose to do what they want with their bodies and have abortions, you're, you lean towards the right, right? Towards the Republican Party where I'm sure there's not a substantial enough separation of church and state when it comes to uh, religious lobbies and and that whole murky water of uh, abortions whereas on the left you have more of a pro-choice do whatever the fuck you want with your body um type of approach to the situation you know within reason reason right which with within common sense like you can't pull the fucking uh a third trimester fetus out of your body like that's fucked up obviously um but money and money is at the root of that convoluted issue as, as well like the lobbyists of both sides flooding the issue with their versions of the pros and cons and and mixed in with religion and and any issue, I think you could really break down to that being the the root cause. Healthcare, for example, having the pharmaceutical interest pushing the agenda of them being the gatekeepers of healthcare in this country, which they are, and being able to dictate pricing uh, within that market, which the whole Obamacare has taken steps in that direction, but obviously it's not we're not where we should be as a country in terms of healthcare, um, education and them having a stranglehold, uh, higher education, having stranglehold on the pricing of education, which doesn't have a direct correlation of the worth of a fucking education, which is why you have so many people riddled in debt that can't even get a fucking job. Um, but yeah, things are the way they are because of the laws that are in place the laws that are in place are in place because of the way politicians vote and politicians vote according to who lines their pockets which are these lobbyists from whatever special interest uh, is involved in that particular facet that the politician happens to be uh, voting on which varies obviously from geographical region to region and um, and yeah, subsets of Congress are broken down into different committees that oversee different things like agriculture or gun right laws and like stuff like that. Um, so politicians, politicians votes are pretty much bought and like swayed based on that while they're also walking the fine line of voting, uh, public opinion, you know, they sway back and forth and they try to walk that line and their votes usually fall on the side of obviously the people that get them there, which is people that put up the dollars. Now, and then our our opinion as people are, are obviously swayed based on the inputs that, that we take in. And a lot of people don't, look, myself included, don't look deeper into into issues and take things at, at face value and, you know, just read headlines and like shit like that. And... Uh, listening to certain politicians which are pretty much puppets echoing the sentiments of the interests that are supporting them financially and that's why we wind up uh you know believing things that we shouldn't or voting for the wrong people and then you have other circumstances where we're like we actually we actually are like no no hold on a second that doesn't fucking sound right like how could like a 90 percent of public opinion uh within a gallup poll represent you know yes global warming is bad we have to do something about the the environment and stuff like that but there's still like a a political debate within congress and and our elected officials as to if it's true or not and significant legislation to move our dependence away from 
uh, fossil fuels and stuff like that can't get past. So things like that are a testament to politicians not voting for the people, I guess, um, in certain circumstances. And again, the root of that is money in politics. And the point is that, and I didn't know this before I started looking into it a little bit more, which is what I want to share with you guys, is the whole Citizens United gets thrown around. That was a, a court decision where five justices, Justice Roberts, uh, Kennedy, Scalia, Stevens, and Thomas uh, voted um, for Citizens United, which wasn't... We have to backtrack a little bit to 1976. There was another Supreme Court uh, decision which ruled that money is a form of free speech. That was Buckley versus Vallejo. And I have links to this, um, to each of those decisions in the episode notes for any of you to check out from uh, the Cornell uh, Public Law, the Cornell School Public Law Library or whatever, whatever it's called, um, from Cornell University. And... So Buckley versus Vallejo pretty much ruled that money is free speech. Money equals free speech. Now, Citizens United voted uh, to further uh, articulate that and that money equals speech, which is fucking ridiculous bullshit. Um, and most importantly, or even uh, worse, more, more so worse than that, that corporations can donate unlimited sums of that quote-unquote free speech to political candidates and they do so through things called super PACs which is all public information you can look up uh, super PAC donations but also through uh, 501c nonprofit corporations that are set up where they can not can like in some like extreme situations yes you know if we need to we can like they absolutely do give unlimited sums of money which is not public which because it's it's through 501c nonprofit organizations it's all like private information it's undisclosed money to politicians now there's a great article by uh, it's an old article by uh that i found titled uh, analysis um first amendment conquers all uh question mark does first amendment um, the first amendment conquer all basically written by uh, Victor Tiffany. That article is in the episode notes as well. does a great job of summarizing like this entire situation. But I love the way he started it, which is with a quote from Senator John McCain, which stated, Citizens United was the most misguided, naive, uninformed, egregious decision of the United States Supreme Court, I think, in the 21st century. And it is sick it's it's so fucking nonsensical that uh, like i'm literally at a loss for for words sometimes when i think about this type of shit they are literally saying that money equals free speech and i'm not an attorney i'm let alone a fucking judge let alone a justice of the supreme court <laughs> but these motherfuckers don't have there's no contesting a supreme court decision there's no ap uh, appellate court to the supreme court the you know their decisions are final as far as i know all we have is the court of public opinion which is this which is a fucking podcast which is blogging which is writing which is j journalists who actually have you know journalistic integrity and shit like that and people who have a platform big enough to actually speak out uh, against this type of shit um uh so it is what it is and my point is that s certain things are not black and white and too often that's how things within our legal system are defined which is it couldn't be more incorrect in my opinion especially in a situation like this where just reading from to read a couple excerpts here from the from the decision uh right so their main rationalization is that the court defined freedom of speech as protected by the First Amendment from the perspective of the listener rather than the speaker, 
the court held that the listener had the right to listen to all sources, whether the source be corporations, partnerships, other businesses, entities, individuals, associations, or nonprofits. Meaning basically, in my estimation of it, that money equals speech because you as a listener, you as a person receiving this freedom of speech, have the right to hear everything out. Which at face value, you know, looking at it from a very, very black and white perspective makes sense, right? You should be able to hear everything and every anything and everything uh, before you make your decision on whatever it is that you're about to make that decision on. What it doesn't factor in is that when you apply that to money and are dealing with people that have such a varying spectrum of levels of money, you're dealing with different volumes of that free speech. How the fuck are you going to compare my pockets to the Koch brothers' pockets? My level of free speech, quote-unquote, to their level of free speech. You can't. And what this, this type of situation allows for is literally the drowning out of the, quote-unquote, free speech that the big baller types don't want you to hear. And if you drown out voices that can amplify themselves, then you are, in essence, eliminating their free speech. And you're obviously creating a situation where someone's free speech is worth more than somebody else's free speech. And to that I say... Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. My freedom of speech just got drowned out by somebody else's louder freedom of speech. I apologize for that. What I was going to say is that to that, I say, fuck you to the naivete of the Supreme Court that allowed a five to four decision in this respect to happen, which is probably one of the most important things that we have to factor into this next election, folks, is the fact that our, due to retirement and fucking probably dying of some of the Supreme Court justices, the next president that we elect will have to appoint up to three new justices to the Supreme Court. So we have to take that into very deep consideration because those nine justices send and have always sent their sentiment sends a ripple effect throughout the history of our country and how things play out ultimately throughout the world. And their sentiments are echoed by ultimately by the president that we elect because they are the ones that appoint Supreme Court justices in accordance to their political slants. And um, obviously they have to get uh, affirmed as well, but they do have to get appointed by the president of the United States, like Obama appointed uh, Justice Sotomayor, the first Latina woman, which didn't vote for this crazy shit, by the way. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's that's all I got to say about that. And that's the episode, folks. Episode number 41 of the Spun Today podcast. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time to listen. And uh, please spread the word. Tell all your friends about the podcast. And um, or just tell perfect strangers about the podcast by going onto iTunes and or Stitcher and rating and reviewing the podcast that helps the podcast raise in rank and popularity and more people will be exposed to my nonsense by you doing so. You can support the podcast by shopping on Amazon or on iTunes through my affiliate link banners. Uh, if you're buying music or books or whatever on, on uh, iTunes, or anything at all on Amazon, which I know you motherfuckers do because everybody shops on Amazon. I fucking love it. Uh, if you want to support the podcast at the same time, go to my website first at spuntray.com forward slash affiliate links 
and click on any of the banners there and it'll take you to the website that you want to shop on nothing costs you anything extra it's just a way to drive traffic to their websites and they give the spun today podcast a kickback for that and what else follow me on twitter and on instagram at spun today on both like the facebook fan page facebook.com forward slash spun today subscribe to my newsletter go to spun today.com forward slash newsletter we'll stay in touch uh once a week send you guys some interesting shit um i'm sending out like pictures of the day and uh i'm sorry picture of the week like you know cool images of like photography style images that i find on the internet whether it be on instagram or twitter or anything like that share it with you guys as well as my favorite podcast of the week i listen to a shitload of podcasts um all different types from uh, i'll just read you guys off some real quick from my phone uh, obviously, the Joe Rogan Experience, Freakonomics Radio, uh, Tim Tim Ferriss' podcast, The Tim Ferriss Show, The Monday Morning Podcast with Bill Burr, The Drunken Dallas uh, Podcast, uh, The uh, Duncan Trust Family Hour, The Rubin Report, Waking Up with Sam Harris, 538, uh, which is about elections and shit, Market Foolery about stock market stuff. Uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, History on Fire, uh, The Creative Pen, uh, Joanna Penn's podcast, which is great, Star Talk Radio, uh, I Am Rappaport, I Fucks With Hard Body Karate, uh, The Adam Carolla Show, Aubrey Marcus's podcast, What the Fuck, with uh, Mark Marin, um, The MMA Hour with Ariel Awani, uh, Bad for Business with Jerry Ferrara, Radio Lab, Mental Illness, Happy Hour, Talk Nerdy, The Fighter and the Kid, EMA Radio, shout out to them uh serial undisclosed just a whole bunch of different fucking podcasts crazy amount of podcasts i listen to like on some sick level shit uh, i listen to all the time and some of them have amazing gems within them and i want to share that with you guys so i will also pick a podcast of the week and share that with you guys as well through my newsletter it's going to be an episode that resonated with me for whatever reason and um you guys can uh sign up again to the newsletter through spontaneity.com for slash newsletter i'll now share that with you guys as well and uh that's pretty much it guys buy my book buy my book buy my book make way for you with tips for getting out of your own way the paperback as well as uh, ebook formats are available at amazon.com or through my website spontaneity.com for slash books as always folks substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.